Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. Y'all, we are cursed today. Super cursed. It has been a really tough 34 minutes over at Hate Watch. (laughs) I just felt we needed to lay that out there so that you can take any necessary precautions before you get too far into listening to this, lest we pass the curse to you. Right. Like, right now, (laughs) Kirsty sounds a little bit like a robot in my headphones. Oh, fuck. Really? (laughs) When did that start? (laughs) It'll be fine. We're going to keep moving. God damn. So today we are going to be talking about fall television and what kind of shit is coming in and out of the networks and such peoples. And then this week is a really interesting anniversary in the world. It is the uh, six-year anniversary? Something like that. Of the Netflix announcement of the Quickster service which some of you may remember as the disastrous attempt to separate their DVD services with the worst pun ever. Right. This is one of Kelsey's favorite calendar holidays of the year. (laughs) And we wanted to, to commemorate this disastrous announcement by profiling one of Netflix's more interesting new originals, White Gold. Yes. It's always good to take a day to commemorate bad life choices. And this may be one. And this is most likely the beginning of a beautiful annual tradition. Yes. (laughs) Cool. So let's dive right in and talk about fall TV. So first, let's just talk about some shows. Some fresh hell that's coming our way. Oh, we're also going to play What Fresh Hell Is This? And if you remember from Spring TV Preview, Kelsey led What Fresh Hell Is This? Which was a game show about... The upcoming TV shows, I won, so I get to lead this episode of What Fresh Hell, but we'll save that for the second half of this segment. (laughs) We're going to segmentize our segments. You know, subcategories are important. What's happening to us this fall? Just so much of the same shit everywhere. It's like a mix of military shows, some weird, like religion-infused shows, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some bad sitcoms, and weird tech crossovers. Also, reboots. Yeah, a couple reboots. 90s reboots are hitting us hard this season. Mm -hmm, Spinoffs. Yeah. Also, from the article I read, it seemed like ABC is just refreshing their entire lineup. (laughs) Yep. There's an aggressive amount of ABC happening. That is accurate. Also, what the fuck is happening with young Sheldon? that's another trend that I think we're maybe going to talk about in more depth at some point, but there's like a fuck ton of content about like people with autism slash Asperger's being cute yeah, and fun and nifty and neat. (laughs) We are actually um, going to talk about that later today. We're not going to put on our serious hats today, but yeah, yeah. Young Sheldon is a life choice that's happening. So, yeah. We can also talk about how there's going to be a show about Alex Bloomberg, starring Zach Braff as Alex Bloomberg. Oh, yes. Yes. 
Yeah. And I just want to know if there's going to be any yes, yes, no's as part of this programming. <laughs> I am so curious why this was the road Zach Braff decided to walk. Well, he's a fucking tool. For, but just like, like, not only is Alex Bloomberg still alive, but he is not so far in his career, you feel? Like, dude still has some things to achieve. Well, it's, are we, it's is based it really on time his, for a bioepic? It's based on the podcast that they made for it. Yeah, so? So podcasts crossing over into TV may be the future, Kirsty. That's fine, but give it a couple fucking years. How many seasons do we really have to rip off of a podcast? That would be like someone being like, oh, I'm going to make the hate watch with us television show. Who would start you, Kiersey? (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't even know. That would be a really interesting dream cast. Who would start you? I have no idea. I don't know of any actors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I want to talk about one of my other f- favorite, most promising concepts coming up. I'm ready. CBS potentially serious drama called Wisdom of the Crowd, which stars Jeremy Piven, so bars low, <laughs> as a detective or something slash tech genius who uses a crowdsourcing app to fight crime. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's happening. This has been an interesting... Like, this could also be a game show, if you wanted to take it in that direction. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be a way more fun reality show than fictional show. Oh, but I would take that over The Bachelor. You would? Yeah. Wow. I'd definitely rather see crowdsourced crime fighting than crowdsourced love competition. Yeah, fair. Fair for fair. <laughs> oh, God, this is so bad. I, I'm trying to find the name of it right now, but there's also a show coming, Deception, on ABC, yep, yep, which happening. is about a magician. Who, He's an illusionist. It's an illusion, Michael, <laughs> who like becomes an FBI agent, I guess. Do you think joining the FBI warrants you getting kicked out of the Magician's Alliance? <laughs> I think it would because you'd have to violate the code. Mm. I don't think you could work for the FBI as an illusionist and not tell them the secret behind your illusion. I'd be willing to watch the pilot to see if he does tell them his secrets. <laughs> I just, I just don't even. There's also a, sh- a show coming called The Mayor. Yes. And what happened here is someone watched. Parks and Rec and learned about Ice Town and decided to make a pilot out of it. Well, not only did they do that, but then they watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and they were like, oh, musicals are a thing. Is this a musical? Uh, from what I understood from ATV's coverage of it, yes. Oh, no. No, no. Because the kid is like a rapper. No, no. No. Um, Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me look deeper into this. The mayor. Oh. TV show. Here we go. Here we go. I wish we could get the original treatment package. Yeah, he becomes mayor to generate buzz for his music career. Like you do. But that's not, I don't think it's a musical show. I'm pretty sure it's a musical. It's not going to be a musical. 
I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> well, we will see. Won't we? Speaking of musicals, the one that I, that's like maybe my fear landscape is Rise coming to NBC. Uh huh. My note on this show just said, fuck, Ted is back. <laughs> so, Ted's back. Ain't that the truth. And he's like a high school theater teacher. Sure, sure, so, sure. That's all I need to know to know that it is literally created to ruin my life. Yep. Like, focus grouped. Yes. To ruin your life. Yes. Diggs, who serves as the executive producer on The Mayor, also writes original music for the show. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) I blew a raspberry, to be clear. (laughs) Great. This is going to come out really well. (laughs) Yeah. That's one of those things that works well over audio. Mm-hmm. So what else yeah. you got on your uh, docket for next season? I, they, I don't even know. They all, Everything just sounded like terrible babble. There's too many military shows. I couldn't even keep them all straight. Yeah, I've got... I think every network has its own. SEAL Team on CBS. Yep. There is uh, something on ABC. Oh, no, Kevin Saves the World. That's that's what I meant by Kevin Can Wait. It's Kevin Saves the World. What the fuck is that? That's a show that's starting this fall. Oh, sure. Oh, is that Gospel of Kevin? Hold on, hold I on. I think the title's changed. It's now Kevin Probably Saves the World. Oh, sure. That parenthetical, like, really matters. Is this the one about- It's a different Kevin, for what it's worth. Is it What's-His-Face? Kevin, a down-on-his-luck man, is tasked by God with a mission to save the world. So that makes at least two Bible shows that I've caught. Yep, this one on TV Guide was called The Gospel of Kevin, so TBD, it's had 17 titles. (laughs) You know it's good when they're about to air and they still don't know exactly what they want the title to be. Right. That always goes well. Is there anything that you are legitimately maybe interested in? Nope. No? No, not a single thing looked interesting to me. I've got one that I'm hype about, only because I am partial to the casting. I actually have two that I'm partial to the casting for, enough that I would give it a try. Uh, The one that I'm legitimately excited for is Ghosted. Oh, yeah. With Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. It's But you're only excited because of Adam Scott. Well, yes and no. I think Fox is like the one broadcast network that makes them kind of funny, quirky comedies still. Sure. Like, I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl on Fox, so if that's sort of the realm it's going to live in, it could have some promise. Yeah. Uh, A show that I think could have some promise, but also probably won't, is uh, Good Girls on NBC with Retta and Mae Whitman. Mm. Just because they're funny people. Yep. So, I would maybe give that a try, but it didn't, like, I couldn't surmise much from the plot that tv guide was giving me (laughs) yeah that's fair the tv guide article is where dreams go to die it's so bad and we couldn't even it's just tough there's like i might watch the pilot for the mayor i don't know so yeah super unimpressed this fall (laughs) (laughs) like really the only thing i'm here for is the return of jane the virgin yeah very excited for that and The Good Place, and 
New Girl That's and right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I forgot that you watched The Good Place now. I have a lot of television coming up. <laughs> yeah. You're the worst just started back on FX, FXX, whatever channel that is. Uh, mm-hmm. Better Things is coming back. I'm just going to be really busy, guys. Yeah, you have too much content on busy, your calendar. And consuming content. Stressing me out. I just finished, like, five series in the last two months, and it's too hard. But now Can't you have it. an antenna, and you can watch bite-sized <laughs> episodes as they come out, if you so choose to do so. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Which will happen often, because clearly I'm often in the same place at the same time for the same purpose <laughs> as as television is. If you use it once, it'll be a success. <laughs> I'll do my best to use it for Jane the Virgin, but I make no promises. <laughs> I really just got it for our Emmys bind-off. It's true. It's true. Which is like a really big infrastructure investment for the Emmys, but... <laughs> nah, it's all right. Anyway. Are you ready to move into the game segment? I'm super ready. Now that we've sort of set the stage for what the fall looks like, which is dismal. Yeah, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> so this game is a different format than the last time we played What Fresh Hell Is This? I stole this from another podcast and, in fairness, had this idea before that other podcast even started. <laughs> they just happened to realize it before I did, so I feel okay stealing it. But what I have created over here is what I and this other podcast like to call a rant wheel. Oh, So <laughs> the way this will work is I have a few different things on a wheel. I'll hit spin. It'll stop. We'll read the, the topic. And you will have a chance to express your feelings on the thing at hand. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make a real Re- wheel? Yeah, I have an actual wheel here. I'll send you a Snapchat and maybe we can tweet it out when we promote this. But you'll be able to hear the sounds as it spins, so you know that I'm spinning in real time. And the categories are as follows. 90s TV show reboots. Mm-hmm. Zach Braff. Yes. <laughs> single camera sitcoms. Okay. Superstar magicians turned FBI agents. <laughs> Chicago emergency response shows. <laughs> yes. The military industrial television complex. Yep. American Horror Story, mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane, mm-hmm. Sheldon, yep. and you teased this one earlier, but I already had it on the wheel, Autism Shows. Perfect. <laughs> Are you ready for the first spin? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. All right. Single camera sitcoms. Tell me how you feel. All right. This is a lot of pressure. Do I have a time limit? Uh, I mean, I could set one. You don't have to have one. I mean, my feeling right now is that none of the single camera sitcoms that are coming up are going to be any good. Right. Like, I, I can't remember which one it was in particular, but there was one of them where I was like, you were using single camera as like as virtue signaling for prestige. Right. There's one coming up on ABC that I saw that's called splitting up together <laughs> with jenna fisher like poor poor jenna fisher is now doing Aww. this on abc and it's about like the, this couple who gets divorced and that reignites their marriage somehow and okay. like why 
Sure. Why? Sure, sure. So my my gripe about single camera is just why are you abusing it and making it terrible? It's because without all of the distraction of like the production elements, then you got like the more pure emotion, like you channel the emotion more plainly through the screen to the viewer. <laughs> so that's like you get like it's like raw, right? It's like really raw. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I think that was that was the first page of the treatment. Yep. Spin again? Yeah. Here we go. That sound effect is choice. It's beautiful. Superstar magicians turned FBI agents. Yes. <laughs> so, obviously we already talked about deception. Mhm. The promo images for this show included him holding cards out like doing tricks. <laughs> There was some other one where he was in some sort of apparatus. Like, this shit's going to be out of control. Like, exactly how, what percentage of the show is going to be his illusions? And, like, I know that there's, like, a love affair in these kinds of shows with, like, not only the FBI, but also pairing someone unconventional with the FBI because it's like, oh, you don't understand the government. Right. Or whatever. But, like, what the fuck does a magician have to bring to the table? He's going to be like, is this your card? No, it's a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> like, try to do, like, the sod in half trick, and then the next thing you know, they're in handcuffs. Right. Exactly. I mean, if he rides a Segway, I'll be pretty satisfied, though. <laughs> Tony Wonder just starts rolling out of places. <laughs> that would make me so happy. <laughs> I wonder where you hid the evidence. Like, this is one of those things that had they positioned it as a sitcom, I maybe would have given it more credit. Yes. It would be a great sitcom premise. I wonder how many good shows are lost in a, any given season by a failure to pair a genre with a concept. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that's the only problem <laughs> with the television landscape. No? Is that the only thing the networks are doing wrong? <laughs> Spinning again. Zach Braff. Fuck Zach Braff. <laughs> I cannot fucking stand him and his stupid face. <laughs> and now he's gonna be Alex Bloomberg, who I kind of enjoy as a human, and now he's gonna ruin him for me. He's also gonna put some shitty ass indie music soundtrack onto it, even though that time has passed. <laughs> and it's just gonna be terrible. Like no one asked Zach Braff to come back. And yet, no one has ever is. asked Zach Zach Braff to do anything. <laughs> Oh, he's like the biggest douche of all the douches. <laughs> How likely do you think this show is to have the same obsessive desire as Scrubs to, like, have a moral that can be neatly defined at the end of every episode? I don't know. I think he's gonna. it's going to be try to be, like, a little bit more hipster than that. Ooh. Because, you know, it's about, like, a cool tech startup and it's going to be so neat. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> such trend 
<laughs> Such trend. Very podcast. My, I'm like curious to see how much time they're going to spend in a podcasting booth of some sort with Zach Braff on headphones. Oh, yeah. I would say 40% of the show <laughs> is going to be Zach Braff seated in front of a microphone. Do you think they're going to do an episode about when his identity was stolen? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is like Alex Bloomberg already has a well-documented life. Right. And so what does a fictional interpretation of that have to offer other than just Zach Braff role-playing what's already been recorded? <laughs> I really want every episode to end with him, like, getting into bed at night and looking at Twitter on his phone as being like, hmm, what does that meme mean? <laughs> Do you even meme, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Spin again. Chicago emergency response shows. I can't remember which which one, but one of at least one of them got renewed again this season. So we do have more coming back. I'm sure. I think one of them got canceled too. Mm. I think the legal procedural got canceled. <laughs> I could be wrong. There's just so many. But I just have so many questions. It, it's smart, I suppose, because you're paying, like, you're putting all your production in one physical place. So you're paying less money because you're finding efficiencies. Plus, you have unlimited opportunity for crossovers. But... Do people still do crossovers in this day and age? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl did one last season. Gross. It was actually really great. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. But anyway, I would, I'm would. i assuming that the Chicago series do it constantly. Well, because there's like Chicago PD and Chicago Fire. And in real life, those two departments would talk to each other. Right. And then I think there's a Chicago medical drama, too. Probably. But like, if, if you're going to go that route, wouldn't you at least maybe think like, Let's segment these and do one season in Chicago and one season in New York and one season somewhere. And, like, that could be more interesting. Across the whole franchise, though? Like, across all of them? Yeah. Like, make them as, like, vignette seasons. Hmm. Like, American Horror Story style. Spoiler alert to another spin. But yeah. That... Well, except you're talking about, like, five shows as opposed to one. Yeah, but, like, what else are they going to do? <laughs> the upcoming slate of programming tells me that they really have nothing to work with, so might as well. Well, and that's how I feel like that came to be in the first place, is they kept looking at time on the schedule, and they were like, well, we already have Chicago PD. What if we had, like, Chicago sewer system? Right. And right. Uh, having not seen it, I'm going to assume that they don't do anything with actual world building or anything like that in Chicago. Like, I would imagine that they have an opportunity and they just don't take it at all. Like, they could do the work to make it be like Dillon, Texas, and make it be like a real place that people can understand. And instead, they're like, it is a city. Things happen in cities. Yes. Yep. I've seen... Two scenes from one of the Chicago's. I don't know which one. I was in a waiting room and it was on. And from those two scenes, I did not see anything that looked like world building. 
It was a man and a woman speaking with emotion at each other. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if your only hook is Chicago, like, maybe don't go down that rabbit hole. Well, and do you think it was like a discoverability thing? Like, we're just going to use a keyword and then the heartland is going to watch? Uh, yeah. It's like, dear middle America. I think New York and LA were oversaturated, so they had to find another city. (laughs) That third coast life. Mm Mm-hmm. Spinning again. My personal favorite on the wheel, Seth MacFarlane. Let's talk about this. So he has a show coming up this fall. Called The Orville. The Orville. Right? Which appears to be a Star Trek spoof. It is, from what I've gathered. And also, um, Adrian Palicki is on it with him, who was Tyra Mm -hmm. on Friday Night Lights. Who you hate? I just have... I have feelings. But anyway, I don't hate her. (laughs) Like, her character developed well. I just still didn't like her. So I'll give them credit. But anyway, so this is happening. And when exactly can we ban Seth MacFarlane from television? Why haven't we yet? (laughs) What the fuck is that man doing that producers and funders keep backing him? I don't understand. He is a stupid face like Zach Braff. He has a stupid face. He has proven himself time and time again to not only be a giant jagweed, but to not be able to take anything close to feedback about what a fucking jagweed he is. (laughs) And, like, I feel like the mid-2000s, like, took its time to appreciate his nasty-ass, like, dude-bro form of humor. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like we put it the fuck down and walked away from it. So, like, go back to 2006 where you belong. (laughs) Maybe his space machine can take him back there. (laughs) Maybe that's the whole plot of the Orville is just him dying. If that's the case, I would be willing to watch it. Motherfucker. It's just like, like, why are we not done with him yet? Why, why do people keep thinking he is special? Like, honestly, if someone out there has an argument for what Seth MacFarlane has contributed to our society, like, (laughs) throw it at me. I'll consider it because I am fucking baffled. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with Seth MacFarlane. I hate him so much. (laughs) (laughs) I really just put him on the wheel for me. I know. Also, I don't know enough about the show to know why it's called the Orville. I'm assuming it's the name of his spaceship, but it sounds like popcorn. Yeah. I keep thinking his stupid show is about like him hanging out in the Midwest eating popcorn. I don't know why the Midwest. I just decided that's what it is. I thought there was a like a sci-fi writer who had Orville in their name somewhere, but I could be wrong. Oh, maybe like it's an Easter egg. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we have some some listeners who might know. Yeah, if you guys know, feel free to tell us at Hey Watch This. Like, or don't. we could use the education. It's cool. <laughs> or also don't because fuck Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. Spinning again. <laughs> 90s TV reboots. Yikes. <laughs> is that the whole rant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is an area where I actually haven't seen these shows in the first place. But no. Really? You've never seen Will and Grace? I've No, I never had any interest in watching it. Huh. I'm just surprised it hadn't, like, 
wasn't by osmosis or something, you know? I mean, I know what it's about. I like, I know who's in it. Well, sure. I can see it and know it's Will and Grace, but I don't have any cultural references to it. Huh. Uh, but that's coming back. Sure is. So is Roseanne. Yeah, what the fuck? I, I, I don't know. I'm I know just... that one's technically the 80s, but still. Yeah, and also Dynasty is another 80s one. Yeah. And, like, that's perfect for the CW because the CW knows what they're about. Sure. But I just don't know. I'm, I think everyone's concern is that Will and Grace is not going to translate so nicely to 2017. Well, no, it was problematic as fuck in its time, but at least we were equally as problematic in our time. Right. Like, when you watch season one of The Office and you're like, I don't know if you could say that today. Like, that's what yeah. it's going to be like for an entire series, I suppose. Yep. You know, it's just like when movies started getting redone all the time. We do it in right. TV now all the time. And it seems like a cheap, cheap move. It is a cheap move. I saw a think piece recently that got me thinking about this. But the argument of it, I think it was on Vulture. But the argument of it was basically like, what does this mean for endings? Like, do finales have any meaning? Oh, didn't we? T- they talk about that on ETV? Like, maybe. I I saw it in writing, too. So, I mean, maybe it was, like, a Catherine think piece. I don't know. It's a valid point. It's, like, who cares what the wrap-up of the narrative was, you know, 15 years ago if it's just going to come back? I think we talked about this in our Reboots and Revivals episode way back in the day, too, but there's more of a palette for a revival slash reboot that didn't get finished in a satisfying way. So right. Arrested Development, when it kind of ended before its time, that warranted... A reboot, I think, a little bit more than some of these shows that had a beginning, middle, and end, and they're yep. done. They're just yep. done. Like, I don't need to see Everwood come back because it ended, so even though it was a little premature, at least they wrapped things up and put a bow on it and called it a day. I don't need The Office to come back because they already finished The Office. No. no, and that that fucking show, I wish I'd put that on the rant wheel. Because, oh my fucking god, the I have never had so much anxiety as I have now that there's so much waffling over whether or not that was actually confirmed. Well, there was this, like, Facebook's algorithm strikes again. There was this article from, like, March that yep. said The Office was coming back from this sketchy-ass source, and it showed up yep. all over my Facebook feed. Yep. And there had been that kind of jokey conversation at uh, TCA. Yep. About, like, haha, we'd bring it back if they'd let us. So when yep. I saw that headline, I did send it to you, and then I was like, oh, no, no, March. But even even when it's been denied, it, it hasn't been denied in a way that makes me feel like it's officially off the table. I mean, as long as Jenna Fisher's on her weird single cam sitcom. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay there. Stay there. Stay there, please. Oh, no. <laughs> Spinning again. Military industrial television complex. <sighs> Why did this happen to us? <laughs> There's just so much. Like, so, so much. There's, like, in addition, I'm going to put cop dramas into this, too. Sure, sure. So there's, like, SWAT, I guess, is actually a reboot. That's coming back. SEAL Team. Whatever the fuck. Instinct. There's The Crossing, which is... I'm going to also put in here because it's a future U.S. Civil War drama that somehow didn't get highlighted enough, maybe. 
God damn it. <laughs> when we were talking about other Civil War dramas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the Daves managed to scoop what would have otherwise been bad PR for that one. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one, even the CW is making one. Gross. Called Valor about the army. There's the Brave. There's... I just... Who's gonna watch these shows? Like, we all know, like, based on our political world at this moment, like, that's why these are coming out. But also, just why? What's interesting about that timing, though, is that all of these shows would have had to have been in production long before the election. Not necessarily. I mean, look at Jane the Virgin. They're literally just starting to produce season four. That's true. But, it, I mean, it's different when you go from a new pitch. Yeah, you know, I, th- I like, think they could have clear all the layers. read the political landscape and been like, this could go one of two ways. Let's pitch yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, it's just fascinating mm-hmm. um, that it, you know. I mean, I just have n- no interest. I feel like all of these stories have been told before. Oh, for sure. Um, but Americans fucking are obsessed with stories of heroism and valor and camouflage pants right there is a a weird like detective crime show coming out about a vr situation that goes wrong Mm -hmm. which seems like they're trying so hard to be trendy but also still be like a typical crime show yep so yeah i mean i guess if that's what you want that's why you watch network but yikes yeah yeah i mean that's that's an important qualifier. Yikes, yikes. <laughs> All right, I think we're down to our last two. American Horror Story. I know you have feelings about this. I do. Don't you? I mean, I just have no interest. <laughs> You've used stronger language about this before. Have I? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm i just not a horror fan, so I would never yeah. watch it. Your indifference makes for a really captivating rant, I by know. the way. I know. I don't know. It's just not for me. I've heard mixed feelings. Their previews are scary as fuck. Yeah, they are. But, I mean, I let FX do what they want because they let people do what they want for the most part. <laughs> so I don't have a rant for American Horror Story. <laughs> Well, I think American Horror Story is stupid. So this was a rant for you. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. All right. You started to talk about this one earlier. But autism shows. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, In addition to Young Sheldon, there's also one that looks like it's trying to be House. Kind of about like a surgeon who is Asperger's and then how like can he connect with the patients on an emotional (laughs) level to save them? It's 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 like a weird trend and I think like Speechless was on last year and that was a legitimately like thoughtful approach from what I gathered, but it seems like it's like ooh and this kind of almost falls into the nerd category sometimes too. Yeah, like the Big Bang Theory and shit. But like, is it cute or is it? like something that people struggle with right uh well and we didn't talk about streaming at all but there's also atypical now on netflix right 
Right. No, I think that's fair because for me, it's not an issue of representation. Like, you know, tell all of the stories that you want about all of the people that you want. Like, a diversity of people is great. Yeah. But the fact that this is blowing up so much right now, very much, as you're saying, makes me worry that, like, people just have are not fucking prepared to actually treat this as a thing that people experience in real life and has, like, meaningful outcomes and stakes for these people. Yeah, and th- this was a storyline on Parenthood back in the day, too. Mm-hmm. Not that far back in the day, just a little bit. Uh, and And it was great, but I think it's become, like, a shortcut to being, like, this person is quirky and doesn't understand the world we- the way we do. Yeah, yep, exactly. Which is, like, just yikes. And I just statistically have a hard time believing that... The number of showrunners behind these shows have meaningful real-world experience. Right, right. Like, just, the odds are not in the, oh my god, there's a spider on my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) You brought another one home. Oh my god, what is happening? I'm so sorry. I'm very, very sorry. And I'm also very scared right now. I'm trapped. <laughs> you gonna make it? No. <laughs> There's, I don't know what to do right now. Okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> Actually, I think that might have been our last rant. All right. Um, well, thanks for playing. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I like this one. And if you want to know more about network dramas don't talk to us we're not very good at it (laughs) (laughs) if you watch any that are bad though and you want us to hate watch them please talk to us yeah let us know like i like gatekeepers and you guys are all very capable gatekeepers who know their way around a hate watch so bring those to our attention yeah we might be dabbling in a few of these as the year goes on but yep you know let us know if there's anything in particular that you want us to take for the team or want to share with us yeah 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 speaking of life choices life choices and previews for the sake of appropriately honoring this holiday can you give us a brief history of the quickster announcement and why this is something that we celebrate oh i would be happy to speaking of rants (laughs) so on this day several years ago (laughs) Netflix, when they were first thinking about splitting their services and offering more spre- more streaming, dedicating more resources to streaming, and pulling away from DVD, decided that the best route for this was to come up with a new company called Quickster, with a W, and mm-hmm. a K. <laughs> Just a K, no C. <laughs> Maybe I should spell it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Quickster came out. (laughs) Good job. Uh, They announced it by, I believe, sending an email to all of the Netflix DVD subscribers. And this was a time when I definitely had my own DVD account, and DVD was still their primary focus, so they had a much better offering there. Their streaming was, like, really bad 90s movies. And some foreign things, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
wait, 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 wait. So basically, what they wanted you to do was keep your Netflix subscription and then also go sign up for Quickster, which would exist on a separate website in a separate universe. And you'd pay for each separately under separate subscriptions, (laughs) which was bananas. And it was bad in the way that, like, that Gap logo was bad that one time (laughs) and some other things since then. And so very subtly, they kind of backpedaled because the response was so outrageous because it was stupid. (laughs) And then, it was so dumb. It was and it was so, so sudden, too. They were like, next week, we're going to do this thing. Right. And then, eventually, because I was a current member, they sent us a thing that were, was like, we're raising our prices for for subscriptions, but because you're a loyal customer, we're going to give you, like, two years grandfather yep. at this other rate. So it ended up working out well. Yeah. But, well, yeah, they had to apologize, like... Right. Like, at what cost to Netflix? (laughs) That was a beautiful period of time, though. Like, I also got grandfathered Imagine if they'd lost some of their brand equity because of Quickster. Oh, my God. They, I mean, I will say they did a decent job of backpedaling out of it. Like, they just sort of quietly, like, laid low for a week or two and then were like, just kidding. They're like, (laughs) or we can put a DVD tab and a streaming tab on the same website. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> it's just amazing that they went through an entire launch process before they figured out that option. <laughs> like, I would love to meet whoever decided to put Quickster on the map. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in the conference room the day after the Quickster announcement oh. when they were like, well, that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> so the moral of the story is everybody makes mistakes. Most people forget about them, but some people keep them on their Google calendar as a yearly (laughs) holiday. (laughs) And it's nice to look back at pivotal moments because now Netflix is like this giant player in the industry, but we were all there at the moment where they wobbled. Yep. We were. We were. Um, So, you know, checking back in for progress. Um, Speaking of checking in for progress, the spider disappeared and I'm scared. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so um, as as part of what we hope will be an annual tradition for Quickster, we watched one new Netflix original Mm -hmm. and the one that we watched was White Gold. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a life choice. It is such a life choice. It's a British show. About a couple of salesmen who work in the plastics industry. I thought they worked in glass. No, because... Oh, I mean, they they work in... Or they work for a window company. <laughs> we don't know. But the white... <laughs> no, I do know. The white gold of the title refers to the plastic because they're trying to sell, oh, like, yeah. plastic-lined windows as opposed to, like, whatever the old shit was. Yeah, yeah. Um, because plastic's like important, and the the main character who does all the voiceover gives a long history of like how plastic came into the market and why plastic's going to revolutionize the world. I missed that part. Yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> I actually wrote down quotes from that monologue, but I can't find my watch notes anywhere. Damn it! But it also takes place during the eighties. Yep. For reasons unknown. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on in this show. Yeah, where do we begin? 
<sighs> well, I guess we can describe the main character. Sure. Who is basically like the Frank Underwood, Don Draper, fever dream acid love child. Right. With a little bit of Kevin McLeod in there. Yes. <laughs> Although that feels like a bit of an insult to Kevin McLeod. <laughs> is it? <laughs> anyway. He, yeah, he's just a lot. His name is Vincent Swan. Yep. And I believe the show opens with him doing what has now become a trademark moment for me, the sexy getting ready, ready song for men. <laughs> I believe the pilot also includes a peeing scene. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Oh, that guy. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I said it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he just, I don't even remember why. He was holding, he was basically, so he's kind of going door to door at the same time with prospective customers. So he gets himself into this house and he says, uh, in his like, teaching us about sales lecture VO, he says like, oh, once you're inside the house, you can't leave their site for a second or else they'll start start talking about you and you won't be able to close the deal. But he has to pee. And so this whole time, he stays at this house forever, and then he leaves the house and looks at the camera and then pees his pants, and you can see it. It's It's really dramatic, too. It's so uncalled for. Yeah. (laughs) There's just a lot. The soundtrack was very pure. Yes. I loved it a lot. It's like your personal brand. Oh, it was really great. He has a sad wife, like Betty. Who's sassier. Yeah. But also played like a wet blanket. Like... So his thing is that he's sleazy and he likes to hang out with his fellow salesmen and smoke cigars and hire prostitutes. And so he's like never, ever home to be with his wife and children. Mm -hmm. And so she gets mad at him. But because of the tone of the show, that's played as if she's a wet blanket. Oh, this is what we called it. Hmm. It was the adventures of Bobby Draper. Ah, that's right. We we hypothesized that Vincent Swan is who Bobby Draper would have grown up to be. I stand by that. I agree. <laughs> the timeline is almost right in terms of age, and certainly in terms of emotional availability and general trauma. So, we didn't... We definitely hate-watched this, but we also didn't hate it maybe as much as we should have. Like, we watched, like, two or three episodes. Yeah. I swung between violent extremes. Like, it was almost weird enough to keep watching it just to see, like, watch the train wreck happen. Yeah. Well, because I think where I see it going after three episodes is it seems as if the show universe regards Vincent Swan similarly to how the Mad Men universe regarded Don Draper, where it's like, we... Like, it starts off in the pilot as, like, very much glamorizing him and how, like, sleazy he is. But then with time, it's starting to become clear that, like, he's self-destructing and this is not sustainable. And that, like, his sleazy lifestyle is not actually glamorous. It's just kind of gross. And that he's, like, harming other people in his life. Right. So that tells me that, like, maybe there is something here like it is a slightly more aware show than i gave it credit for during the pilot yeah it's weird because it's like it's like an a workplace comedy plus this level of like mad men drama yeah like he has a receptionist who's basically gina from brooklyn 99 but in <laughs> the 80s 
<laughs> and she's like very blase and also sassy and it's great. And it's also similar to House of Cards in terms of like how they use the VO, but like it's also pretty in depth in his field. Like they spend a lot of time talking about plastic and triple glazed windows and like window installation. Yep. And having like the negotiations between characters that way. It's like if Bobby Draper was raised by Frank Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated all the glazing though because on Grand Designs, that's such a big thing. And then when it doesn't strip, True. it's like, oh, no. So I was able to access the content a lot easier because Grand Designs had prepped me. It's true. You got some of that British vocabulary on mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and then I went back and forth because, I mean, it's a British show, right? So they're not shy about doing anything. Right. As evidenced by the fact that a man, a grown man peed his pants. Right. But, like, there's this whole scene where he, like, they find out about, like, lookout points, basically, and the fact that, like, teenagers go there to have sex. Yeah. And so they, like, plan a stag party to, like, go to this lookout point and, like, jack off together at these teenagers having sex. Yeah. And then it goes poorly and turns into this whole, like, weird thing with gay men jacking off around their car. Yeah. And so there's, like, things like that that are very much not for me. And I was definitely, like, a little squeamish about it. But I was also, like, so fascinated by what they were trying to get at with it. <laughs> like, what? what is this doing for you that right. it was narratively necessary? Like, I just had so many questions Yeah, that I kept watching it because I was, like, wanting to understand the logic. And what I haven't done my due diligence on research-wise is seeing if this is a British show that got picked up as a Netflix original in the U.S. or if it's a Netflix original produced by Netflix that is catered towards the U.K. market and also playing in the U.S. or if it is a Netflix original made for the U.S. market. Like, there's a lot of variables. It's a BBC comedy. Oh, see, now you know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) So that makes more sense to me. It's on BBC Two. Yeah. Yep. So knowing that it's not made for American audiences is worth mentioning. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's absolutely for the Brits, by the Brits. Right. And it's the main character is played by the guy who was in Gossip Girl. I forget his name now. Ed. Yeah, Ed Westwick or something like that. But no one can get enough of the fact that he's the same character. Like, that's what all the think pieces are. And they're like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, literally like everyone back. lost their shit. It's like, okay, A, not great because you can only do one part, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and B, like, just get over it. Also, this is not Gossip Girl. No, it is not Gossip Girl. It's not Gossip Girl. So, like, continuing to conflate the two just because they share an actor is meaningless in terms of commentary critique everything insight like you're just not displaying much knowledge of the world around you by doing it that way right can i read you the episode titles of the six episodes in season one you sure can they're a lot of fun so episode one salesmen are like vampires episode two sexy roller coasters episode three close encounters episode four the widow maker Episode five, Smell the Weakness, and oh episode six, The Secret of Sales. Wow. It's fun, right? It's like a mix between 
a like self-help business <laughs> series and maybe something more weird and interesting. Well, and that's a little bit what his VOs are like, right? Yeah. Is very much like a motivational speaker. Yeah. It's been renewed for a second season. And I heard rumor that, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but I heard rumor that he might be in a different line of sales in season two. Sure. And so I don't know, like, you know, like there's this whole thing in season one about how it's called white gold because of the plastic in the windows. And so I don't know, like, if the show is really supposed to be about plastic or if it's supposed to be about sales or like if it's supposed to be about Vincent or if there's like something else it's supposed to be about it's like not clear what they're gunning for at this point right I mean the thing that I thought was like the best thing it had going for it is that there was equal times where his like devious plan succeeded and when he got bit in the ass yes which is great, because that is the fatal flaw of House of Cards. Right. Even in the late seasons now, where they're trying to be like, Frank's plans are crumbling. It's like, no, they're not really, though. <laughs> right. The The company car episode, I think that might have been episode three, mm-hmm. was my favorite. Yeah, it was Of amazing. the ones that we watched. That yeah. was really good. And to that point, like, the majority of the episode, his plan fails sp- spectacularly. Right. And then at the very, very, very end of the episode, it succeeds and, like, better than he planned it. Yeah. And it's great. It is. Like, I may stick around for the last three only because it's so short. Yeah. I mean, it is a six-episode season, so if you just want to, like, give it a test drive. Yeah. um, That's easy enough. And they're, what, half-hour episodes? 45 minutes? I have no idea. I don't remember. Short enough that we watched a few in one sitting. Yeah, I was um I was watching it on vacation while my husband was taking a nap and I crushed three of them by the time we went to dinner. Yeah. So they're not long. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's so why you also want a show to watch on vacation while your husband is napping. <laughs> hey, everyone needs those shows in their back pocket. Do they? You never know when I've never when found your myself in that scenario. Take a nap. Really? You've never been trapped somewhere while someone else naps? No, I don't know people who nap around me. I know multiple people who nap, though. I know. <laughs> this has happened to me in multiple travel situations. <laughs> <laughs> if you're anti-naps, find us on Twitter <laughs> at Hate with Us. Send us an email with your exact stance and platform on napping. <laughs> <laughs> um... What are some other things you can do? You can find us on the internet in general at hatewatchwithus.com. You can also find us and listen to us anywhere that you already listen to podcasts. And you can rate and review us if that platform allows you to do so. (laughs) And you can also visit thoughtbubbleaudio.com to listen to other content that is similar sometimes and different sometimes from what we offer you. So... If you're into TV shows like Supergirl, there's a podcast for you. Or if you want to learn about Academy Award-nominated films, there's also a podcast for you there. So check them out. They're also on Twitter at ThoughtBubbleFM. Yeah. That was a lot. Look at look at how many different ways you can be friends with us. Yeah. You can be friends with us and you can be friends with our friends. It's, it's pretty great. 
Yeah, we can all just be friends together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Bye. So uh, today, oh, fuck, look at those sound waves. I don't know. What? Shh. <laughs> <laughs>